Hello fellow adventurers and welcome back to this week's episode. First off, let's just get a few things straight. It would appear that our dragonborn friend, Belsiar, has spaffed our entire show budget on a pyramid scheme and lost it all. So, if this week's audio quality sounds a little bit shonky, then you know who to blame. Relegated to using the dread Zoom for a few weeks, we can only apologise for the audio quality. It's a bit of a shit show in the fuck factory here. We are also excited to announce that this week we are sponsored by Belinda Spankfist, necromantic aromatherapist to the stars. She's launching her new fragrance, Mausoleum, and we could not be more happy to recommend it. We've all tried it here, and let me tell you, we haven't seen our pet cat since. So, check out Mausoleum by Belinda Spankfist, available from all good magical vendors in a village near you. Other than that, it's all business as usual here. We've got all your usual hilarity and hijinks. So, grab a drink, settle down, and join us for this week's episode. Enjoy! Bloody hell, it is hot. It's so hot. Look at it after the bedroom. Is that because because you had to walk downstairs one floor to check on Chanel, and then you (laughs) went back upstairs, and now you're you're out of breath? (laughs) No. It's hard here. Cardio. It's not very good at cardio. No. Me neither. shocking. Right. Last we left off with our intrepid adventurers, they had just left the home of Brannigan the Brown on the edge of the ruins of Melasmia. Pushing deeper into the tumble-down wreckage of the once beautiful elven city, they eventually set eyes on the remains of the city's old observatory. Pausing a moment to take it all in, they were suddenly ambushed without warning, arrows raining down upon their position. Sprinting forward and taking cover in the ruins of the observatory, Tathy and Hanash noticed that they had taken wounds and were starting to feel the effects of the poison coursing through their bodies. Acting quickly, Hanash reached for the bottles of antitoxin he had in his backpack and healed both himself and his diminutive gnome companion. Whilst this was going on, the party's new friend, Maud, suddenly shapeshifted into a wild dog, taking herself off to converse with a pack of wild dingoes nearby to ask them questions about the identity of their mystery attacker, who had by now slinked back into the shadows of the far tree line. After investigating the wreckage of the observatory, the group found in the upstairs the remains of a rundown telescope, a star map, and two machines in varying degrees of disrepair. Tati spying the telescope's missing lens inside one of the machines placed his hands inside, only to trigger a vicious trap. Panic ensued as Tatty slowly had the tips of his fingers ground off as the rest of the band of adventurers frantically mobilised to find a way of disarming the trap. After many failed attempts to save him, the gnome, in excruciating levels of pain, used the bloody stumps of his own fingers to explore the insides of the trap and managed to disarm it from the inside. That's what you get when you roll two natural 20s on a disadvantaged skill check. He left the group resting up after doing their best to work out how the telescope and star map worked, Theolian and Hanash guarding the entrance downstairs. Maud, trying to mend broken bridges with the now highly disillusioned wolf lady, who had taken deep umbrage with the fact that she was a shapeshifter. All that could be heard were the sobs of Tatty as he cradled the stump of his ruined hands. That is where we will pick up today's adventure. So basically, it's night. You guys have managed to make it into the observatory and wait it up. 
There was a wonderful moment last week where Anash decided to look directly at, no, it's Belsia, wasn't it? One of the two decided to look directly at the sun through a telescope, not realizing that it was the middle of the day, <laughs> nearly burnt out their head. I also believe um, Aristotle has had a few um, goes of his new toy, but uh, it was quite successful. You tried everything. Aristotle attempted to heal the stumps of Tati's fingers with the spade. Uh, there was much, much, much talking of spades. Uh, if only he could find out how it works. If only, if only the DM who was autopiling it, autopiling it had any idea how the hell that spade worked. Early evening, as the sun has gone down, leaving darkness and shade in the now cold wreckage of the observatory, as you all huddle down and try and get some rest, you can hear the sound of rain beating down outside in the darkness as a storm rages quietly in the background. Anash and Theolian leaning against the ruined brickworks at the entranceway is upstairs. Everyone else sleeps. Tatty, you curled over, holding on to the stumps of your fingers in pain trying to get a night's rest do we do we all get a long rest then i can't remember i can't remember what time it was when we when we left off last time you you have all had a long rest hanash we will say that you took it in shifts with other people as you finish your shift with the olean leaning against the door staring out into the darkness your eyes playing tricks on you as you start seeing shapes everywhere Theolian pointing out that the moon is now high in the night sky and it would be a time to start using the telescope. Since this seems quite a tense moment and uh, one of my team is gravely injured, um, I'd like to cast uh, Mending on my tin flute, please. (laughs) (laughs) I've been waiting so long for this. I hope you've got like a song lined up for it. So Aristobulus, whilst everyone else is snoozing away, you hear the snoring of the dragonborn and you hear the pitter-patter of the talking of Theolian and Hanash downstairs. You take out the two parts of your broken flute and as a single tear rolls down your greasy cheek, you mumble an incantation that you've learned from an ancient tome and you watch as the two bits fuse together. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's at that point that you notice something strange in the room. As you look up, you see a dark figure crouching over Tatty's body as he sleeps. (laughs) Is this on me? I'm really in the middle of something. (laughs) I'm just going to look up. I'll look back at the flute. I'll look up again. I'll look back at the flute. I put the flute to my lips and I go, oh, fuck's sake, I'll just get up and walk towards the uh, the figure. Uh, As you start shuffling and getting up and walking towards the figure he turns around you see the figure now for the first time in the light of the candle sconces around the room that have been lit and you see he is daubed head to toe in animal skins with a wolf's helmet made of a wolf's head as he sees you he looks back at you grits his teeth showing you sharp teeth as he bolts runs and sprints out of the window vanishing into the rain and darkness and storm at this point, Tatty, you're awoken by the kerfuffle. I didn't know it was a school. <laughs> As you look down now, Aristobulus, your flute is in perfect working order. I'm, I'm going to resist the urge. I'm not going to give you what you want. Fuck all of you. <laughs> I can see you thirsty little bitches like, do it, do the thing. No, no, you will wait. 
You're all asleep. <laughs> this isn't the time. Um, am I the only one awake? Uh, Hanash is now is awake downstairs. Tati's just sat bolt upright with the kerfuffle of the running of the, the, the guy you just ran out of the window. Oh, I'm going to badly explain what I just saw to Tati then because he's probably working out like, you know, why, what's happening. So I'm going to explain that there was a really pimped out guy with some grills hovering around, looking a bit dodge, a bit suspect, but a bit interesting. Um, I was just about to offer him my loot. Maybe we could jam. Look, Tati, I've got this again. A look at it, and I'm going to go into more detail about the loot and the jam that we were going to have instead of actually talking about uh, the creepy new character. That's, that seems that seems perfectly in keeping with what I'd expect from you. And I, um, I, I just say, I, I just say, good job on good job on on mending the on mending the the flu. Plus fifty XP right now. <laughs> yeah, sound. You're not bothered about the uh, the creepy pimped out man. <laughs> I mean, I'm still I'm still half asleep. I'm still coming around. I assume Lady is kind of like. Pottering about, pottering about a bit, just kind of like whining a bit. Lady, lady's up now. She's sniffing the floorboards. She's sniffing all the way from your thing. She's sniffing all the way around your backpack where the guy was crouched and all the way over to the window that he leapt out of, the first floor window. I'm going to, um, I'm going to do a quick, uh, quick pack check, make sure that, make sure that nothing's missing. Yeah. I'll say for the, the sake of speed, as you look through your backpack, the first thing you notice is that the orb of Tartarus is still there. Okay. What about um I do have something else in my in my pack that Aristobulus's latest feet makes uh viable again. So I'm gonna pull out the battered harp and uh um, got the whole fucking band, haven't we? And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hand it over to hand it over to Aristobulus and say, give this a go as well. I've got, I've got a harp, a lute, and a flute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, well, I'm going to have a jam session with some gnomes at some point. That is going to happen. But, I mean, um, I'm not sure, like, what, I'm not sure how, like, battered it is. I'm not sure what Mendin's actually going to do to it. Like, AJ, I'll, I'll let you decide how. No, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll let it be battered, you know, ruin the charm. Um, AJ, could I... Do something like detect magic right now to see if the um, weird new man is around. And uh, yes, you can use detect magic that will detect um, within a radius of a certain distance. I believe you'll have to check the spell, but I think it's a few meters. Um, for a duration, doesn't specify, I can sense the presence of magic within 30 feet. 30 um, feet, yeah. It can, uh, it can penetrate barriers. Do you want to burn a spell slot for that? I think you can also cast that as a ritual spell. Which means you just spend ten minutes of your life chanting, and you get it for free. Oh yeah, man! Let's do the chanting. So as everyone looks over, Aristopolis is in the corner doing a little like two-step dance and chanting away. His eyes start glowing a prismic blue, and uh, you look around. Every single member of your group is glowing slightly. Hanash's intestines are glowing, and you see two orbs glowing in the middle of his intestines where the uh, Warp stone that he ate many a year ago is, and Julian comes up and basically asks you what the um, what the disturbance was. Uh, I guess I'll I guess I'll I'll say to Theolian. So apparently, apparently some some uh, some guy, some wolf looking motherfucker was was uh, was stood around really creepily um, checking me out while I was asleep. Well, that doesn't bode well. You got all your fingers and toes. 
<laughs> I say just I say just because just because you're ridiculously handsome, Theo, doesn't mean that doesn't mean that you get to make uh, horrific jokes like that. He looks at you with a stern face and says, "250 years old, and in all of that time, no one has ever dared called me Theo." I think we've just secured your new nickname. Unless you want me to trim you a little bit shorter, I suggest you start paying me some due respect. But and he walks over to the window and checks, sticks his head out, looks out into the night. You can see the rain coming down a sheet angle. As he looks over, you see he, he turns back and you see as the lightning in the background, you see his like silhouette lit up. Whoever it is, they are gone now. We should keep a close eye. We are clearly not alone and someone has taken an interest in us. As he walks over to Maud and kicks her in the ribs. Time to get up, shifter. Can I grab him by the foot, drag his foot up from under him, and I pin him to the floor and kiss in his ear that if he touches me again, I will turn into a snake and bite him? Oof, yes. If you want to do that, can you make me a straight-up athletics check and i will also make one for theolian four <laughs> theolian got six so both of you tired and like damp and not enjoying life go to wrestle each other as you roll around on the floor having a cat fight <laughs> you wrap your tail round him and start choking him. he grabs your tail yanks it you come off your feet land on the floorboards knocking the wind out of yourself as your tail detaches from around his neck as you both look up and realise the rest of the Scooby gang are looking at you. Fair enough. Fair enough. I dust myself down, get up, begrudgingly offer him a hand up off the floor. Theolian reaches his silky elven hand up and puts it in your demonic-looking blue hands. You lift him up onto his feet as he shakes it off. There's a begrudging respect between the two of you. Theolian looking over says the moon is high in the night sky the stars are out I suggest we start working out how this contraption works I'm going to keep watch downstairs just make sure no one comes in from the entrance carrying downstairs propping himself up against the wall looking out into the night looking to see what he can see do you want to make me a perception check sure can I position myself first can I like go to like the bottom right corner where the barrels are, and I want to kind of sit down with my blunderbuss, just like an old like an old man on a rocking chair. So like when someone comes in, I'm like, "Get boy, you bother me." <laughs> so as you go downstairs, you take your blunderbuss, reloading it, cocking it on one shoulder, you dump yourself down in the pile of rotten barrels. As you hear them all creak and split underneath you, you see rats shoot out in all directions from the pile of worn barrels. As you sit there staring into the darkness. Do I still need to make a perception check? Yeah, if you want. Two. Two. As you feel a gnaw down in the bottom side of your boot, a sharp pain races up the side of your ankle. A rat, displaced from its nest, has bitten you. As you look over and crush it under the heel of your boot, you feel its bones crack underneath you. As you look up, you realise you've paid absolutely no attention to anything that's going on. A smile still breaks across your face as you've ended a meaningless life. Can can I go to the... I'm upstairs. Can I go to what would have been the ruin, the the window? Um, And can I stand 
opposite and keep an eye out from the window. Absolutely. As you prop yourself up at the window, you see the rain splattering down, you see the thunder occasionally lighting up the dark clouds and the trees and the far tree line. Uh, and for this time, you can't see anything. In your mind's eye, as a druid, you're aware of the presence of the wild dogs off round the edge of the observatory who are currently feeling particularly miserable and wet. But I can also is... see the dark. You can also, you've got dark vision. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you can see out occasionally, like all good film tropes, as the lightning comes down, your night vision blinds you like thermal imaging goggles in a bright room. You're like, ah, as you rub your blazing in their eyes. The only one walking to the back wall rubs away a patina of dirt on the far wall. And as he does, scrubbing away, he reveals various symbols etched onto the wall in a golden script. And as he scrubs more off and more off and more off, you see a star chart painted on the back wall. Is this... Wait, when you say the... um, When you say the back wall, do you mean like where the... Behind where the telescope is? Uh, No, on the far wall behind the other wall. The wall between the two bookshelves. Oh, okay. He... um, he goes there and he scrapes off. And on, on the back wall is a star chart. And you see inscribed on it the night sky and the various constellations up with the stars. And you see written there are various names of the constellations on the wall. And there is a snowflake. There's a hand. There's an altar. There's a skull. There's a snake. And there is a squatting dog. Is the squatting dog staring directly at us? It has one of those things on the star chart where you see the stars, they make a line, and then somebody's drawn around it, what it is. And yes, the dog is squatting down on its haunches, <laughs> just making very strong eye contact with you, the viewer. Um, what could does, it mean? Does, um, I mean, I, I'm assuming this is written in like Elvish. Does Theolian kind of relay this to us? Yeah, Theolian relays it to you as you all stand in front of it. Uh, what, what's your passive perceptions? Um, that's his perception. 16. 16. As you look at it for a while, almost magic eyeing it, you go and scrub a bit and you see somebody has ringed around one of the constellations in blood. As you look closer, you realize that the, um, the altar has been ringed around in blood. I really want it to be the shitty dark. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely shitting, not squatting. Um, we know, we know it's shitting. Come on, can I can I have a look at the um, the altar constellation, the one that's been ringed around, um, and can I have a look at the uh, the markings that were on the base of the the telescope thing? Because I know that one of those had like a red mark on it. I think. Is there anything? Mm-hmm. Was there anything similar there to show how those line up? Uh, make me an investigation check. Come on, roll high, roll high, roll high. 23. 23. So as you look round at the bottom of the astrolabe that's on the floor, the giant astrolabe, you scrub away with a rag using the bloody stumps of your sleeve as you remove some of the grime and the patina that's on the astrolabe. And you reveal the names of the constellations and the red marker is actually the needle that moves around the inside on a fulcrum. And as you look around, scrubbing away, 
you find reference to the various symbols and you find the symbols of a one of the symbols you work out after some degree of translation in your mind is a picture of a broken altar on one of them okay can i like the like like the child who is who is who is who thinks he's figured out the puzzle but needs the strength of you know adults to 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 help him with actually putting it together and i just like it's gonna like awkwardly turn around to like the rest of the group that are upstairs and be like can someone help me? Can, can someone? Can someone? Can someone help me push this around, please? I'll help. So sure. I'll go over, and with my tail and my little claws, so like my back claws, I kind of position myself so that they're kind of pushing, and in my front claws, I kind of push all my weight with my tail and help push it around. Nice. Um, as you look around, you see. Theolian has come and joined you, a newfound respect after you grappled with him. You both put your backs into it. As you push, can you make me a strength and an athletics check or a performance check? I don't really mind. With advantage, as you push forwards, you can feel your claws digging into the rotten wooden floorboards, scraping away as you push forward against the back, against the side of the telescope. 17. 17. As increment by increment, you move the telescope until it clicks in place with the image of the broken altar on the interlabe. It's now locked in place. Okay. We we left a lens in the telescope, didn't we? You sure did. Yes. You managed to jiggle your way up the shaft of a telescope and with the bleeding stumps of your fingers, place a lens inside the end of the telescope. Um, I'm going to look in the telescope, see what I see. Looking up with excitement into the telescope, you realize you're too small to reach up. I fucking knew it. I just, I just, can I, I just, like, laugh at a, I just like tug at a more <laughs> leaves. Like, yeah. Uh, I'll laugh at I'll take my tail, pick up the tatty and it will fling him onto the telescope. And just flick him onto the telescope. As you flick him up onto the telescope, Tatty hanging off by the tops of his little fingers, staring up into the night sky. Um, everything is a little bit hazy. Why? <laughs> Why is it hazy? Maybe you're drunk. That's another reason. Theolian walks over to Belsiar, kicks him in the ribs as he's still lying on the floor, and is like, Dragonborn, academic, get up. You must have used a bloody telescope before. That's not a classy move. horrible I, I rub my side. I'm, I'm too friend to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna just I'm gonna as as Belsiar as Belsiar gets up, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna like Belsiar help. What is it now? It doesn't work. And I, uh, I, I'm just exasperated. Um, can I have a look at this telescope to see? We're doing any to just focus it. Yes. As you walk over, Belsiar instantly from his time in universities and working with academia and, and being an illuminary of the wizard sleeve knows full well that telescopes need calibrating and need focusing and shows you round the rim of the eyepiece is a, um, turnable ring. Okay. I gently nudge the ring as if to say, 
this bit turns. And Tati, as you look through, as you look through, holding on Tati with both arms and, and Belsia twisting the um, collar on the ring, you see suddenly the night sky coming into glorious array above you, looking like a star field full of gems. Okay. Do we? Do I see the? Um, do I see something that resembles the altar constellation? Uh, make me a perception check. Sure will. Motherfuck. Eight. Eight. It's just all so pretty. As you look up, you just your eyes going wide as dinner plates. You look up at the wonder of creation in the night sky, and for a moment you think you see a shooting star fly across the front of your vision. But you're no nearer to having a clue how the celestial heavens, they won't release their mysteries to you. Popping back down to the floorboard <laughs> with a thud, you slink off, disappointed and defeated. Is it possible to work out from the star map what direction is? Is, is there any kind of sense of direction on the, the star map? Like north? Or? From your understanding of it, you work out that what you've probably done is aligned yourself in terms of the clock face, but not necessarily in terms of the elevation. At this point, as you work out, you look over on the side and you see a crank handle. Tati, can you put your hand in there? So <laughs> Whilst you're all wondering about the crank handle and looking at it, we're going to pan that downstairs to Hanash, who's currently sitting with a blunderbuss pointed at the door. As you hear the howling rain beating against the gaping hole in the side of the observatory, your ears start hearing the sounds of footsteps. I, I kind of like get a bit more like into the side. As you hear a low growl coming from just outside the door. Can I run downstairs to help him? Uh, Make me a perception check to see whether you have noticed any of this. 21. 21. In all of the busyness of everything going on, you suddenly get a bizarre feeling in the pit of your stomach as you suddenly realise... You can sense the form of a animal downstairs as you come racing down the stairs. As you hear a low growl, looking up, you see Hanash placed with his blunderbuss lining up to the edge of the doorway. As you see the figure of the dingo come out from the wet into the light. Just as Hanash is about to pull the trigger and turn the dog into flying mincemeat, you push away the blunderbuss and tell him to stand down. Can I go to the dingo? Yes, you can talk to the dingo. Is that um, a spell or is that a... Is communicate with animals a natural ability or a spell? I like skills, to be fair. Just an ability. I can't um, in my massive holster. That <laughs> 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 on the bus, you have to see me. Can I... Can I ask the dingo what... Um, if it's seen a wolf-like creature, a man with a wolf mask um, running to or from like, the, the vicinity. I was pretending to be asleep, but I saw what was standing over Tati. Okay. <laughs> Retcon. Retcon. <laughs> as you, you stoop down to the dog's level, as you tickle underneath his muzzle, because once again, that is the only part of a dog I know anatomically, you tickle the muzzle of the dog 
The jowls. The yeah. jowls. Come on. Jowls. You tickle the jowls of the wild oh. dog. He goes a little bit like <laughs> floppy on you. And he looks over at you. And, and in your mind's eye, you can hear him saying, Oh, God, I love it when you do that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, goes right through me. <laughs> it sounds like lady. <laughs> They're racist. The dog voice. <laughs> the dog voice. Don't also. Well, well, yeah. Sorry, yeah. You got me distracted with all of the, uh, the the tickling. Sorry. Yeah, I don't get a good tickle very often. Uh, no, I mean there was a weird smell out there. To be honest, I mean it's raining. Jesus Christ! You ever tried following a scent in the rain? It's nearly impossible. I just came here to ask if uh, you'd seen my lady friends. I lost them in the storm. Uh, can I tell him that they were with another dog? Um, and they've gone off uh, probably half a day. He's, he's like half a day behind. And just like point them in a general direction that isn't here. Oh, Jesus Christ. Has someone had off with my women? This is what? Oh, no. Jesus Christ. Being the alpha male is no fun whatsoever. I don't believe it. This is always happening. You try and get yourself a pack and people just come and steal your pride. Right. Um, well, I'd better get going then because I don't fancy a winter on my own. But um, it's been nice knowing you, you weird shape-shifting lady. And uh, <laughs> hey, thanks to your mate over there for not blowing my head off. I wave the dingo goodbye. As the dingo goes to walk away, he stops, looks over, walks back to you and says, could you ask your green friend over there whether he's going to eat that rat? <laughs> I point at the rat and and point at my green friend and kind of just make a What's going on, gesture? I screwed my eyes and just like go to the gun and it's like <laughs> <laughs> the, the um, dog yeah. walks slowly towards the rat, edging ever closer. Sinking <laughs> oh, <laughs> down, the dog the dog can read the body language, looks up into the funnel of the blunderbuss, looks over at you, Maud, and it's like, Yeah, fair enough. No man's got to ask, really. All right, be seeing you. Thanks for the hot tip. And just fucks off into the night. I really hope this is just like Maud's character arc, just giving directions to animals. <laughs> the translator. That's <laughs> all it is, really. <laughs> animals are farthing, wood turns dark. Fifty Shades of Farthing. Panning back upstairs as Hanash puts away his ginormous blunderbuss and looks down, prodding the dead rat with his boot. Uh, going back upstairs, we, we pan back to Aristobulus, just slowly pissing about with his shovel, trying to find the on switch. And everyone else all gathered around the crankshaft on the side of the telescope. Does it look reasonably, I mean... It, it's not designed in a way that you'll mangle your fingers in it, right? <laughs> Make me a perception check. Seventeen. Seventeen. You look at it. You sniff it. You look at it again. You think it's okay. You pick up a stick on the floor, and you just push it into the crank, and you close your eyes slightly. And the stick's okay. You very gingerly reach out and touch it with your finger, and you seem to be okay. Okay. You assured yourself that the, that, the, that the crank handle is not malign. Can I try looking through the telescope and just turn the crank until I can see if I can point it at it? 
person job, the crank handle is slightly too far away for you to be both simultaneously in the eyepiece and turning it. So you're going to have to buddy buddy up with somebody. Uh, I think I'm just going to use mage hand. <laughs> Thank you. I love making intricate puzzles that you just fuck about with. I presume you're going to be in the eyepiece and mage hand is going to be turning the. Turning, yeah. Okay. So as you look up, through the telescope, you again, you for the first time see the majestic scape of the night sky, the celestial heavens scattered about like diamonds and a black background. As you look up, you see patterns emerge with them, starting to see shapes, but none of the shapes marry up to the image of the altar. As the mage hand below, suddenly turning at your will, you hear the crunk, 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 as this, as the telescope starts going down and as it goes down it reveals more of a star field but as you get to the bottom where the haze where the land you realize you're going the wrong way as you turn it the other way you go crunk, 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 as it moves up after some time you finally reach a point where you've exposed a higher portion of the uh, celestial scape and you see just slightly higher up the bottom of the stars that you saw on the map behind you on the wall um, for the altar. Gold and stars. <laughs> and uh, and step back and let everyone else have a, have a look. So you're now seeing the very bottom portion of it. You haven't aligned quite to the top of it yet. It's just hanging off the top. And the way you describe that makes me worried about aligning it. I'm very, I, I think you're blinded. <laughs> Theolian, did, 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 did you want to... Uh... Theolian! Murder the NPC! Theolian looks through it and says, yes, that is indeed the constellation at the altar. <laughs> just just look at it while I turn the crank. <laughs> As you turn the crank handle, Theolian looks up through one eye. As the stars suddenly come into view, he falls back, screaming, going, ah! like rolling around on the floor, holding one eye. Oh. Hey, what's up, Theo? I'm just kidding, you bellends. (laughs) Classic Theo. Classic. As he goes, look there. Where's he pointing? Look where? As he walks over to the little gnome, sweeps up the little gnome in his rippled arms, holds the little gnome's eye to the thing. You look up, and now you see up into the night sky, hundreds of miles above you, in the heavens, you see the constellation of the altar now right in the middle reticle of the telescope. Uh, before I before I catch on that, I'm, I'm looking into the telescope. I quietly swoon in, in his arms. <laughs> Make me a deception check. <laughs> Ego. I said I quietly swoon, not I quietly sploosh. <laughs> Seven. He rolled 18 as on his perception. As he holds you, he suddenly gets very uncomfortable and he looks down at you and says, Gnome, do you have an erection? <laughs> I say, no, that's one of my stumps. <laughs> he spins you around in his felt arms, looks you in the eye and says, Gnome, two things are going to happen now. I am going to put you down and we are never going to talk at this moment ever again. It's, we, I, I just say to him, like, well, but, but we've seen everything. We, we know everything that just happened. We'll, we'll tell everyone. 
the little gnome starting to get embarrassed, like with his legs together, scuttles off. No? One hundred percent. No. Hugo sticking around the observatory, the gnome shows off his ample <laughs> manhood. Looking around, everybody starts wondering what's next. The Olean starting to look around and investigate. Well, well of course, I, I know uh, what, what, what we've achieved by aligning the uh, telescopic apparatus, but I, I, I just ask if anyone else is, is, uh, is up to speed looking at the Olean to maybe try and explain uh, what our next steps might be. Um, I just say, um, I just, I quietly like, like whisper to, to Belsiar, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what to do next, but I think if we give Theo long enough, he'll, he'll explain it to us. <laughs> he, he won't be happy about it, but he'll, uh, but he'll ha- happy just to really lower the bar, the fact that um, we need the explanation. I'm going to come scooting into the room on my ass like a dog would with worms. Just, just, just so he knows he really needs to explain what's happening. I might even do a loop around him, just, just scooching. Talking, talking over there, looks down at the man in a silk robe, currently ass dragging himself around the floor, shakes his head, looks over, says, Dragonborn, I am an elf. I can hear every word you say. Do not think that I can't hear your heart beating as well, you absolute foul-mouthed idiot. Must I carry this group any further? And for the love of God, what the hell is this cleric doing? Are you trying to get splinters up your ass? You know, look up to him and go, you haven't carried me anywhere, and all the other characters have. So, <laughs> you know, like physically carry, you know. You know what? I'm really starting to regret saying that I'd babysit you. I'm, uh, I'm going to lean in for an awkward kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Take my away. How do you want to play this kiss? Do you want it to be romantic or creepy? Uh, <laughs> yes. I want it to be like... Um, I, <laughs> I want it to be like when he talks to me, I read it as him giving me signals that say, Come give me a smooch. Ooh. That's going to be great. Ooh. Fancy <laughs> uh, a bit of tongue in. Shit, what if he goes along with it? I've never had a character go along with it. <laughs> he made me a performance check. <laughs> and he's going to have to make a perception check. Wait, per- performance or persuasion? Performance. Natural 20. Fucking oh, 21. 21 after with the with the one. Oh shit. <laughs> I didn't plan for this. The is looking over to the right, looking directly at the dragonborn, insulting him. As he looks back, he looks straight into the eyes of the cleric, and instantly the cleric locks mouths with him. Theolian's <laughs> eye going wide as almost Theolian feels this wet, warm probe entering into his oral cavity as he starts gagging. You feel his body go hard against yours and start playing. (laughs) 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 As this is happening, I um, I turn to I turn to Theo and I say, I do do my best impression of him and I say, Elf. 
Is that an erection? <laughs> Aristobulus, at this point, you feel a sharp pain as he crunches down on the tip of your tongue with his teeth. As you pull your tongue back into your mouth, warm blood spilling down the front of both your mouth and his mouth. As he says, for the love of God, what kind of pantomime romance do you think this is? We are being hunted by a silent killer and we are in the middle of a haunted observatory. Do I look like I have the time to play kiss and tell? <laughs> There's more where that came from, and I'm just gonna wipe the blood away. He steps back, and at this point, he notices for the first time he splits the blood away, looks over, and says, I'm not finished with you. This oh. is not over. All right, wow. There I'm going to geld you like cattle. <laughs> Are you trying to make this a romantic angle? Because it's starting to get there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm shipping this. Aristobulus and Theo. Everyone else getting this? <laughs> mm. <laughs> Pulls out the dick slap, but nods. Chase looks away. <laughs> Pulls out the, the loot. <laughs> I have lived 250 years, you greasy pervert, and in that time, nobody has ever dared attempt to probe the inside of my mouth. Well, now I know why you're so cross all the time. Shakes his head, wiping the warm saliva off the front of his mouth on the back of his leather glove. He looks over at what he first spotted. He points at you, wags a finger at you, calls to the rest of the group and brings you all over to the astrolabe. I, um, I, I, like, I pretend to like only just have, have noticed what's going on, and I say, um, oh, so you finally got your tongue out of Aristobulus's mouth long enough for some work, did you? <laughs> well, that tattoo's a bit jealous after he got shamed far in a bone. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you want me to trim those fingers a little bit shorter, just ask, as he pulls out a razor-sharp elven knife and is like, I can trim you down to the knuckle, you bellend, but right now, right here, Look, as he drops your hand, reholsters his dagger, walks over to the center of the astrolabe and points at the center of the sun at the middle of the solar system, which is slightly raised up in the middle now. Is this the is this the the star map that was on the far wall then that had the constellations on? No, no, no. This is the astrolabe on the floor, which you rotated around. Now that you've aligned it in the right direction and the right height, it is the, the sun has risen up out the centre of it. Like, like in the Crystal Maze, where the, like, there's like, it's popped up. Can I just have created something that isn't, <laughs> isn't that much like Back to the Future? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, you, you created you all of this, AJ. Our lawyers said we can't mention the Crystal Maze. <laughs> like, AJ created all of this. Romance between Theolian and Aristobulus is basically the romance in Love Actually uh, between Kira Knightley and Andrew Lincoln. Which one's the new? Does that be Aristotle's do the mouth? Does he do that? Yeah. No, it's obviously, I'm not, I'm not going to be a, no, a video one. Aristobulus just stands in the background with a number of cards written as he's just playing music, just throwing cards. And they just say, like, finger me. Throw <laughs> 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 <Broke> my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear God! Can I examine the um, the sun thing that's that's risen up out of the astrolabe? Then can I just kind of like 
investigator. Yes. As you gingerly step into the middle of the astrolabe, you you tentatively walk over it, making sure that it can hold your weight. As you establish as the lightest of the group, it's not going to break. You walk into the middle of it, walk up to the sun, and on close investigation, see it has a line running all the way around the equator. Can I yoink the sun? (laughs) You're not in the middle of the astrolabe, he is. Unless you want to use mage hand, which is probably still up. Yeah, I just my mate has this flies over and snatches it up if it can. If it's if it's, it's tacky, as you get really close, peering in, suddenly the sun just goes <laughs> and vanishes <laughs> off the end, leaving the end of a dais where the sun used to be. Sun flying over in a mage hand back to the dragonborn in the corner. I take it, but I, I I don't really know what to do with it now. So I just if I look at it, lick it. Get it, lick. He wants to lick it. Yeah, I want to lick it. <laughs> I hand it over. The the spiritual hand floating across the room, handing the golden orb to the um greasy cleric. The cleric taking it in his paw and licking along it. It's warm and coppery. Mm. Oh, that's how it's warm and coppery. Can I ask ask to, to to move it over? And hold it and hold it up in front of in front of me so I can investigate it. The spiritual hand lowering to a child's level, you can now see the orb again. As it was too high, you were jumping up to try and get a look, but you couldn't before. Now it's at it's at child height. It's in front of you. Can I uh investigate it to see if to see if there's anywhere where like the uh crack along the equator like dips or if there's any kind of like mechanism around the side of it. Yeah, make me um, maybe an investigation check. Piss and shit. Eight. Eight. You go to hold it. You hold it in the stumps of your hands, and you go to twist, and you feel ever so slightly a slight give on it as it slips out of your stumpy fingers, hits the floor, and starts rolling towards the stairs. I thought he was holding it with his mage hand. Yeah, you took it off him to try and open it. Oh, that's not what I meant, but okay. Um, I run over and pick it up. I'm God. <laughs> I run over and pick it up. Running over to the edge, you skitter. Doing the Indiana Jones dive, you just grab it before it falls over the lip of the stairs. As you pick it up, hold it in your bloodied stumps of hands. You twist. There's a... As it cracks into two parts, one half opening on... And so you're now holding two hemispheres of a... Orb. As you look down, you see a folded piece of paper in the bottom of one half. I take a look at the piece of paper. Taking the piece of paper, you see it's folded four times. Trying to get purchase with your little stumps, you no longer have the dexterity to open the paper. After fucking about with it like a child's baffled by origami, you hand the paper off to Belsia. Yeah, I, I was just going to say I'll, I'll help him out with my mage hand. In a very, in a no, very. It's insulting that you have ec- a, an extra hand. Yeah, each yeah. enormous hand you give the paper to really have, <laughs> the, the hand unable to open a piece of paper with a single hand, reaching in with its fingers Ooh. in the middle, trying to open it. I laugh at the floating Michael Jackson hand and I say, "Retard." <laughs> <laughs> I, my, my hand like puts it against the wall and like tries to fold it. 
Jesus Christ, as you scrape around, Theolians, like, fuck me, seriously, if you're not trying to orally abuse me, you can't even open a piece of sodding paper. As he walks over to the wall, snatches the piece of paper, opens it up, looks at it, turns it around a few times, and, and says, hmm, looks like a graveyard. As he walks over to the rest of you, you look at it, and it looks like the diagram plot for a graveyard. And as you investigate it, you see marked above some of the graves are symbols. And as you look above various graves are the symbols of the constellations in the night sky that you saw painted on the back wall. Yes, indeed, you see all the symbols. You see a symbol for a snowflake, a hand, an altar, a skull, a snake, and a shitting dog. Is it going to be like Power Rangers? Are we going to dig up old people and then they're going to form with a one big megazoid? Does the... Um, the the graveyard, does it look like a map or is it literally just like the layout of a graveyard? Both. It, it's an overhead view of a graveyard, as in okay. it's a plot map of a graveyard in rows with various symbols. Not all the graves have symbols above them, but some of them do. Okay. And you, you correlate those symbols to the symbols that you saw on the back wall that represented the constellations. And as you look over, you see Theolian standing in the corner, wiping at his mouth, looking over Aristobulus in disgust. He takes his canteen, swills water back, swills the taste of cleric out of his mouth and spits it onto the floor. So, last we left off, Scooby Gang had cracked open the orb that they'd found in the middle of the astrolabe finding in the middle of it a note which had the map outlining a graveyard plot with the various astrological symbols marked above various graves showing the snowflake the hand the altar the skull the snake and the shitting dog can i um looking at the the map of the graveyard can i um look over to maud and um and ask her to get out the map that she found downstairs, the one that went around like the was it around like the Ivory Lake and the and the river? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I completely forgotten about this. So I get, I have a look in my squirrel bag, a little squirrel bum bag that I've fashioned at the two, at the tail and the teeth, and I unprise it, clasp it open. <laughs> And doesn't it's really stiff because obviously, like it's still kind of held together with sinew um, and dried blood and a bit of brain matter. So I kind of undo the clasp and take out the note, scrape off the little bit of brain matter that's on it, and hand it to Tati. Um, I'm gonna. I think I, I think I, I showed everyone else um, what it was last time, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna show it to them again and say um i think this is where because this was found downstairs i think this is i think this might be where the the graveyard is and then just kind of like holding up both of them i'm just gonna like just the, to the group and go thoughts anyone it's like smash them together <laughs> do they look like they go together yet who's doing the investigation uh, uh, just okay, go on then. I'll have a look. 
Make me a investigation check. All right, no, hang on. Sorry. Make me a perception check. Okay. 13. 13. You don't know much about maps. You've blown your nose on a few of them at a time. But what you do notice about this one is the fact that this is going around the outside of a lake and there's no lake in the middle of the ruins of Melasmia. So wherever this is leading, it is most certainly not leading to anything inside the ruins of Melasmia. The X on it is too close to the mountains for it to be anywhere near. Mm. Is there any sense of how big this lake is? On the map? Yeah. Um, from your vague knowledge of the north from any kind of research you did on the way up as you were purchasing your um, cold weather gear, um, you gauge that this map is at a certain scale and, and that lake must be fairly large. The river that runs into it is a runoff that picks up water from rainfall across the entire valley. So that that lake is is large. You'd be talking about the equivalent of like Lake Windermere or something like that. It's substantial. Not a pond. I'm going to go up to Theolian and um, ask if he knows of a graveyard within the the ruins of Melasmia. Oh, we're on talking terms again now, are we? After your friend orally violated me. You now want my advice, do you? Yeah. They're like, <laughs> look around at everyone else as if to say, like... Really enjoyed it. I'm going to whisper as well, but in a way that I'm obviously not whispering. He's not even mad when you got a boner. <laughs> All right, make me a persuasion check. Uh, 14. He looks at you steely-eyed with intent and hatred. Not sure whether he hates you more or the greasy cleric. He looks at you for a while. <laughs> he pauses for a while and he said, the only reason I'm going to do this is so we can get these bloody orbs, restore the rightful home of my family, and I never have to see you again. Where do you think has a graveyard in the middle of the ruins of Melasmia? Look at your map. Maybe the... Blah, 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 blah. Mm. <laughs> maybe, maybe the cathedral? Yes, maybe, little man. The cathedral, that place where people go for funerals. Try around the cathedral. So do everything around here. As he scarily looks round at the cleric to make sure he's in eye shot at all times and not sneaking up on him. I turn around to, um, to the rest of the group and I say, okay... So we head for the rundown cathedral because um, that's apparently where this where this graveyard is. Uh, but before we go, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and clear our tracks a little bit just in case someone else is looking for the orb. So I'm gonna I'm gonna walk over to the to the um, astrolabe on the back wall. You know the um, you know how you said that the altar constellation was like drawn around in blood. Yes. Um, can I try and wipe it off? <laughs> yes, for the sake of storyline, you can spit into your sleeve and wipe the mark off. Um, I'll also take the um, the orb thing that we dismantled 
seems like seems like a seems like a good enough a good enough way to leave it. Are you going to take this off, or are you going to put it back? We just found the thing that it was supposed to be inside, so I'll take that. And um, so it looks basically so it looks like no one was here. Okay. Okay. As the gnome walks around, he spits into his little grimy sleeve, scrapes the marker off the back wall, still leaving the star map on the back wall exposed, but there's not much you can do about that. As you walk back to the astrolabe, you screw together the two halves of the hemispheres of the sun, push it into place and push the sun back down on its dais, back into its recess. Wait, wait, wait. before we screw it, can I write a note on a bit of either paper that I've got with me? Or I'd like yes. to, yeah, I'd, I'd write a note that just says "punk fuckers was a" and put it in the in the, in the middle, and then and then put it back in. Yes. Well, I mean, like I meant that I wanted to take the sun thing with me. <laughs> I could do I could do the note oh. and then just pass it to you. Yeah, I didn't want to put it back in the middle where the the. Um, oh, okay, my apologies. So retconning that, yes, you you just scrub off the trace of um, the marker on the back wall. Feeling smug with yourself, you turn around, looking straight into the kneecaps of Theolian, who looks down at you and says, if you are attempting to clear your tracks and not leave a path behind you, I would suggest you go over to that mechanism there and pick the crushed remains of your fingers out of the gear work. I say, why don't you stick your dick in it? And then <laughs> I just walk away. I'd just like to uh, say that the fire is available if we want to... Uh, Really wipe our traps. Burn it down. Yes, why don't you ice knife the whole building while you're there too? I'm sure that would also be preferable. Because that would be much less destructive than fire. Can Lady's nose get in there? Can Lady eat the remains of your fingers? <laughs> don't you dare put Babs's nose at risk. Oh my, are we going to be trapped? swear to fucking God. Are we going to be trapped by CSI Denali? Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I'm Lord... <laughs> Can Maud suggest this to Lady? So from across the room, a sizable distance, can I just kind of motion to um to the hole where Tati like had his hands in and just go have a look? Make me a persuasion check with disadvantage, being that Lady doesn't like you anymore. <laughs> Fifteen. You, you you communicate with the dog in growls. Everyone else hears you growling and barking. As you say to Babs, maybe go over there and lick out the inside of that machine. As Barbara looks at the machine, looks at you, winces a little bit. And is like, yeah, love, why don't you go stick your tail in it, you blue skin freak? I'll stick in my snout in that thing. I'll get blown off. <laughs> Any more dumb it's ideas? Not, it's not one. <laughs> I look. I look over at. I look over at Maud as if to say, "How did that go? <laughs> <laughs> was, was that me or a lady? I was. That was being genuine." Uh, I I flick both of them the V's and just stop off. I was trying to be helpful. Lady okay. looks hungry. As you all make your way, making your way downstairs through the stairs, you leave as little DNA of yourself spackled up the walls of this place as possible. Making your way down, you find Hanash crouched in a pile of broken barrels, pointing his blunderbuss at the opening of the observatory, sweat beading on his forehead, the tension of protecting you all from the terrors of the night. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just walk over and pat him on the shoulder and I say, 
Thanks, bud. Let's go. You know that scene in Terminator 2 where the guy's holding the bomb and he's trying not to let it drop because the whole building will go. Yeah. Harry Lennon having a wank where he's like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. God, that's, that's a great, that's an iconic scene, that is. Um, Theoli wanders over to you, Hanash, and thanks you for taking the time to protect them all from the evils of the night. You should have seen what the cleric did to me. I don't think my uh, fillings will ever be the same again. Good for you, buddy. <laughs> no, not good for me. Not good for me at all. I think I might get therapy after this. Right. <laughs> did you see anything? What did you say? Did you see anything? Was there anything out there? I was staring at this rat the whole time, to be honest. I have no idea. Jesus Christ, how in the God's green earth did you dumbasses ever manage to get this far across your adventures without killing yourselves? Organized chaos? Excellent. Right. Well, it looks like we're making our way to the cathedral. I suggest you will keep your eyes peeled. There is something out there that is not all too happy to see us. What's the time now? Have we made it to morning? Yeah, no, you're like in the middle of the night, you'd be like 2 a.m., something like that. Mm-hmm. Should we set up camp somewhere? Just like it seems dangerous to travel through the forest at night. Like we already got like pegged with like a 200 meter room. <laughs> Great choice of words. Wait, what happened? That was so unexpected. Yeah, you missed it. <laughs> <laughs> Dildos everywhere. Fuck it, let's venture. Oh yeah. I'm gonna um I'm gonna oh. check the map and I'm gonna make sure that we are heading in the direction of the rundown cathedral. I can see in the dark. Me too. Yeah, I can cast light as well. Oh yeah, we've got a couple of people who can do that. Cool. Dark vision coming for you. So what 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 order are you guys marching in? Um, I guess I will, I'll go first with Lady. I'll take the rear. Yeah. I'm taller, so I, I don't mind going towards the end. I'll be in the middle, so that anything attacking will hit you to the front or the back first. Yep, and I will stand next to you. And Theolian takes up the rear. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, dear Lord, so much smut and innuendo. Seriously, are we? Uh, are we? Are we in the woods? So, as you move off out into the night, instantly as you leave the observatory, you're hit by a wall, a sheet of rain that soaks you to your skin. In the dark, as you hear the thunder rumbling in the distance and the crackle of lightning, as occasionally you see the shards of lightning coming down, illuminating the tree lines in the distance you realise actually that the observatory and the cathedral are not too far away. Making a mental note of the direction you need to travel in before you leave the observatory, you don't want to get the map too wet and ruin it out in the dark, so you keep it in your waterproof bag. As you head off into the night, I would like all of you to make me a stealth check. While we're at it, can I make some kind of nature check to understand how it can be a a clear starry night and also stormy and rainy at the same time? (laughs) Somebody's not getting any XP. <laughs> Six from me. What did you get? Eleven. Six. Eleven. 
It's a natural one. I got a 24. So as you set off, sneaking into the night, stealthily looking from side to side, looking up occasionally, Belsia staring up into the night sky, wondering how simultaneously there could be thunder and lightning and rain whilst being able to see all of the stars. The mysteries of it totally lost on him. He stops dead. Hanash slamming into the back of him. The wind knocks out of the dragonborn as Hanash steps on his tail. A scream lets out from Belsia's lips as a draconic lets out into the night, echoing off the rocks and the ruins of the various buildings. All of you coming to a dead standstill in the mud and the rain, pausing and waiting to see who heard you. I pull pull Belsia and I go... <laughs> oh yeah, great. <laughs> Seems like a good time. Now <laughs> well, I'm gonna be looking around, assuming that nothing's really happening. Immediately get bored. I think it's a good time for a bit of singing. Woof. So I feel like if we're gonna set up again, we could do a, with a bit of music. I mean, I'm not sure how the group are feeling about all that, but uh I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do like a, a scan round like in our periphery. Seen as the group are just making themselves into bait at their own at their own behest. Oh, he yelled out and it's fine. So, you know, I think why isn't it trying my try and lift everyone's mood and you know, let the tension calm down and uh I'm playing a bit of shitty blue for you all as we set back off. No, I can't. I got a um I got a twelve for perception. to put a finger to your lips to tell him to shut up, remembering that you no longer have half your finger. Your finger not moving <laughs> your lips. <laughs> and as Aristobulus, suddenly the flute stops mid-play as the wind is knocked out of you. As you look down and you have an arrow sticking out of your gut. Oh, man. That's a I can see 24. It wet, really. <laughs> That's a 24 to hit. God damn. Wait, what? Yeah, that hits. You wait, it's twenty-four damage. No, twenty-four to hit. Twenty-four to hit. Jesus Christ. Ooh. Jesus fucking Christ. I was gonna be like, I'm on my ass. <laughs> you take twelve points of damage as an arrow slams into your gut. Uh, you look down and you can see the feathers out the back of the shaft of the arrow as it sinks into your stomach. As the flute starts going a little bit gurgly, as blood starts <laughs> spurting out the end of the flute fountaining as you play. Oh, I'm so annoyed. <laughs> um, can you make me a constitution saving throw, please? Oh, shit. 17. Oof. Jesus Christ. As you feel down, you start feeling like a slightly uneasy sensation down in your stomach, almost realizing that possibly this arrow is poisoned. But as a man who is so disgusting and so filthy and uncleaned and unwashed, your body has created a um, 
you, you, you have a, um, a strong constitution and you the, the, the poison just scrapes off you. But you're well aware that that was not a very happy arrow as you, <coughs> you realise you have just escaped a very close poisoning. Um, your, your, your immune system is pretty strong from years of rolling around in dirt and filth. You, you're basically the bottom line is you've done so many drugs that whatever poison is in this arrow is barely even a Saturday night's tickle for you. It's so, probably yeah. made you a bit healthier than anything. <laughs> it's the equivalent of like eating an orange. <laughs> That's one of your twelve a day. So, is there any um, is there any cover around where we are, or is it kind of like a bit of an open area? You see a coppice of trees ahead that you're heading towards. Okay, it's too late for me to to retaliate or is that book. Out in the darkness and the rain, you can't even see. You know roughly the direction the arrow came from off the left, but beyond that, you know no more. Can I cast the shield of faith? You may. Reach down, holding the bloody feathers in one hand. The other hand, you do some jiggery-pokery, chant some words as the air crackles with ozone as you see a dome appear around yourself. protection. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shout to the group. I'm going to say, run for, the, run for the trees and get into cover. Can all of you make me a performance? Can all of you make me a survival check in that in that sense? Excuse me. Oh, I got twelve. Seven. Fifteen. Crashing around, making as much loads of noise as you shout. You run towards the trees. The arrow's raining down. Occasionally, you hear an arrow whistle past the end of your nose. At one point, Hanash, as you look down, an arrow thuds into the ground in front of you. Just as you think you're not going to make it to the coppice of trees, you turn around and you hear a shout behind you. You look back and you see Theolian has stopped dead behind you and is screaming at the top of his voice, trying to make a distraction. Theolian runs off, screaming at the top of his voice into the night, causing a distraction as the rest of you vanish into the coppice of trees. You can hear Theolian screaming in the night as he runs to draw off the attack, the distraction. Well, can I use the text thoughts to try, like a like an early warning radar system, to try and pin down the bearing of our attackers? Yeah, what's the range? 30 feet? Yeah, you could try. Um, if there is anything in 30 feet, I think it's a... Uh, yeah, I think I, I can detect anything with an intelligence of three or more, four or more. In a 30 feet radius. Okay. So as you, you hunker down, you pull out some runes from your pocket out of a pouch. You crunch them together. And as you feel a kind of vibrations enter your inner ear, you can hear almost another voice. And the other voice you hear is slurring its speech and is singing a song. And you hear the words of the song in your inner ear. And the words say, And over the hills did that fair ever spill, she ebbed and flowed, here banks did bow. That's where I saw her we face, and all my loins did rain.
Wow. Fucking theatre kids. Wow. Can okay. I stop screaming and cover my ears? <laughs> I can, uh, I can. Oh, no, wait, it's, yeah. it's just Elsie that hears that, isn't it? Just Elsie that can hear that. You can't hear that. I, I, I whisper, okay, there's someone out there and he's singing, also trying to kill us. I suggest that we, if Elsa can tell us a word of the song, we all stand up and start singing it and walk towards the arrows. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that, I'm staying in my shield of faith. Fuck all you. <laughs> Fuck that. Looking up at the map, you pull your foul weather cloak over the top of the map. Look at it. Look up and realize you're not far. You're maybe 20 feet away from the edge of the graveyard. Okay. At this point, um, how far away has Theolian got from us? You don't know. He vanished off in the opposite direction in the dark, screaming, trying to draw off the attack. Can I hear him still? Make me a perception check. Uh, 19 very faintly on the breeze travelling in the distance in the polar opposite direction to the way you're going you can hear what you think are the howls of an elf I'm gonna knowing that we're pretty close to the to the graveyard I kind of just like I just kind of like stand there looking back and forth between the two directions for like a second and I just go motherfucking elves um, and I tell the rest of the group to carry on to the graveyard and um, I go running off um, in the direction where I can hear the early in. I'm taking Babs like he's the strongest among us what um, what are the rest of you doing also sorry just just to, for the sake of narrative are you communicating that to everyone else before you run off oh yeah yeah I tell them to I tell them to go on to the graveyard and that I'll meet them there Okay, we'll come back to you, Tatty. Everyone else, what are you doing? Can I do something a bit rash? Um, I've just noticed that my breath weapon, like the tech force, also has a 30-foot range. Yeah! Like a like an F-14 Tomcat, having picked up on my radar the, the, the vector to my target, I'm just going to breathe fire into the night and hope it hits. That was going to be my suggestion, was to light him the fuck up. <laughs> Make me the attack roll. Um, <laughs> I also do see the irony of us uh, setting fire to yet another woods. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we are slowly becoming arsonist anonymous here. Arsonist <laughs> anonymous. anonymous. Arsonist anonymous. It automatically hits any creature in the area has to make a single throw of uh, Dexterity 12. Oh, Are you trying to ruin this perfectly written storyline with your Tom Fooley? <laughs> <laughs> we'll never know who this weird Scottish spirit man was. Now, now, as you all turn around, is it flames? Uh, yes. Yeah, a gout of flame flying out the moor of the dragonborn goes firing out into the night. All of you backlit in a beautiful, warm, orange and red glow as you see the flames shoot out of the coppice of trees, the um, leaves and low branches starting to catch as it gallops out and you see the very beginnings of the edge of the graveyard and a wall. As you hear a, uh, boy, you little shite, as 
out into the <laughs> Instantly, this villain has become hilarious. <laughs> Can we see him now? Is he on fire? Um, no, you, he, um, whatever it is, it's not on fire now. All that's left now, as the fire dies down, Belsiar lets out a belch and a little puff of smoke comes out of his mouth. As you can still see the glowing red embers on the edges of the trees, on the edge of the coppice, and some of the leaves are still crackling with flame. Yeah, I'll get up and hightail it. I'll be hobbling, I imagine. I'm gonna, mm, I might try and pull the poison arrow out, but keep hold of it. Where is you want um... to pull the arrow out of my stomach? Yes, that feels right. Okay. Make me a medicine check. Oh, this should be okay. Oh, uh, oh, 23. As a man who's got some medical experience, you feel in, feel the point, snap it, pull out the point from one side, pull it out from the other side. You feel the blood flowing out of yourself as you, as you rip off parts of an undergarment, some of your pants coming loose as you rip them and pull a K off yourself with your filthy, grotty-looking pants. Um, you sniff at the arrow, lick it, and you're like, call that poison, that's not poison, and just toss it off into the night. Tossing it off into the night sounds like something else. Yeah, still very uh, like my character, though, so bravo. Get him doing my XP for me, thank you. That's quite all right. Yeah, you you obviously haven't healed the wound, but you have removed the source of discomfort as you patch yourself up and hobble off after the group, as you still glow slightly with a crackle of spiritual protection. As the rest of you reach the edge of the graveyard, you come to a rundown gate, the gate hanging off its hinges on the floor, the two sides of the post of the wall set in stone, and a bush that's still flaming to one side as you've made it to the edge of the run-down graveyard. Behind the graveyard, you can see the looming silhouette in the night sky of the cathedral, which towers high, 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 maybe at its top highest 60 or 70 feet up in the air with the lightning crackling. You can see the reflections on the somewhat intact stained glass window along one side of it. But underneath it for now, in its shadow, you are in the run-down edge of the graveyard at this point we're quickly going to flash back to tatty uh so me and babs are um uh running forwards in the in the direction of where we can hear um where we can hear theolian uh and i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna shout over to babs um to run ahead and go find him because she's faster than me and i'll just i'll just follow uh, I'll say for the sake of the fact that you've got a very strong relationship with the dog and you've been a hunter-tracker pair for many years, you can tell her to go and hunt down the rumpy elf. Does she have stats? She does, yeah. Could you get her to make a... Oof. Can I say a wisdom savings? Uh, no, look, to make a wisdom check on her. Okay. On stat. I take it she doesn't, she doesn't have ability checks, does she? Well, she has, she has the course. She just has the um, she has the attributes. Um, she does have a bonus to perception, and she does have advantage on wisdom uh, on perception checks that rely on hearing or smell. Yeah, so make one of those with advantage. Okay. Uh, uh, she got a 
22. Dipping off into the night, see the dogs fly off into the darkness, bounding away silently. As you drop low to the ground, keeping yourself as low profile as possible, trying not to make any noise. Minutes creep by as you look up at the moon and the night sky, minutes seeming like years. After a while, you see the flash of white as Lady comes bounding out of the darkness, skipping away to you, trying to draw your attention back to something. Okay, I'm going to say... No, I'm not. I'm not going to say what's that girl trouble in the old barn. No, I'm not going to say that. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna follow her to, to where she's uh, where she's pointing me. Staying low to the ground, you both. He wants to go faster, but you take it slowly and stealthily as you make your way to the edge of a group of bushes. As you look around furiously, after a while, you realise that right in the middle of the bush is the prone form of Theolian, who's pushed himself low to the ground. As the dog silently draws you towards the Olean, you come alongside him as he grabs you by your scruff of your neck and pulls you to the ground. Whispers in your ear, stay low, over there, and points through the front of the bush as you see the tree line in front of you. As the Olean says, can you see it? Can I see it? Yes, I'm asking you, dipshit, can you see it? <laughs> no, I'm asking you, DM, can I see it? Fuck me. Make a perception check. I don't see dick. I got a natural one. A natural one. As you look into the night, you you just start seeing a shape in the distance as the thunder goes and the lightning comes down and light and your eyes are startled for a moment. And as you look back, what you thought you saw the shape of is gone. I'm just going to stay low and um, and make sure that lady's doing the same thing as well. As you all stay low to the ground, Theolian says. But if you can't see it, I can. I'm an elf. My eyes are accustomed to the dark. There is a man dressed all in skins, animal skins. He's hunting along that ridgeline there. He has a bow. It appears we are being hunted by a single man of incredible intent and skill. I say, um, I say, there's there's three of us and one of him. Do you want to try and do you want to try and flank around him? And I, and I, I kind of say, I'm quite happy to I'm quite happy to run forward and be the bait. He looks at you and says, as noble an opportunity as that might be for you to lay down your own life, I do not suggest we engage with this man. I was raised a hunter. From the youngest age, I've been trained in every form of hunting craft. And I can tell you that that man there is not some amateur or novice. He's playing with us. And I do not think that we should engage with him. I do not think even I alone could take a man of that skill or talent. I think if that man wanted us to be dead, we'd be dead already. Okay. I mean, I just wanted to make sure that you weren't running off to running off to die. So, what do you want to do now? Oh, Jesus Christ! Fucking sentiments. I appreciate it. Listen, you don't have to thank me for doing what I did. What I suggest we do is wait here until we are sure he's gone, and then double back back to the group. How did you leave it with them? Uh, I, I told them to go on to the graveyard. We weren't far away, so um, hopefully they'll be waiting for us there. I suggest we double back quietly and make our way back to the graveyard, but not taking the same path as you took before. This man appears to be some sort of tracker. I do not think we should be leaving a wide path behind us. No, we could take separate separate paths back to the graveyard. Have you never seen a horror film? I suggest we stick together. Splitting up right now is a great way to get ourselves killed. I mean, I've got a lady. 
Did you not notice that the man you were so keen to get yourself killed by is wearing a wolf as a hat? Did you not think your pet is going to slow him down? Yeah, but I also I also know that for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I say yeah, but I also know that this guy for some reason was was skulking around, um, skulking around us while we were while we were in the observatory. Uh, if he wanted us, if he wanted us dead, we'd be dead. Um, he didn't have a problem with 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 Babs then, and I don't think he has a problem with her now. Come with me, stay low, and follow my tracks. We're going to double back back to the graveyard as he heads off out of the bush at a low crawl with you in tow. We're going to pan back to the other group who are now on the edge of the graveyard with a flaming bush. I say, uh, who has the map? Elsie has it, right? Because you said that he had his cloak over the over the top of it. Do I have it? Yeah. That's what yeah. Adrian said. Uh, that was you, Tatty, before you set off, I think. All right. Retconning that storyline is Belsiar. Can, can, can I make an investigation check on my own pockets? <laughs> yes, make an investigation check on your own pocket. <laughs> it's not that mystery. Oh, I brought the natural one. For fuck's sake. What a waste of a go. Reaching down to check your pockets, you realize that you are, in fact, naked and haven't worn your trousers. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> Puffing around through your pockets, you look everywhere. You pull stuff out. You pull out amulets and pendants. You pull out potions. You pull out powders. Um, at one point, you pull out the silver raven's claw, putting it away. You reach around again, and you look everywhere. Looking down on the floor, you see the map, which has fallen out of your pocket. Where I put it. Right. Um, <laughs> so presumably, we can match up the map to the, to the, to the gravestones. Yes, as you walk into the centre, you take time to orientate yourself quietly and low. Looking around, you see rows and columns of graveyards, and you see that they vaguely align with the orientation of the map. Um, That's when you hear a buzzing noise coming from the back of the graveyard. Bees. Bees? Yeah, I, I investigate the sound. Panache, if you hear the bzzz noise, you look around everywhere, looking at first for bees, looking everywhere. You feel a sharp jabbing pain in your left ass cheek as you <laughs> jump into the air, screaming, holding your ass cheek. Looking back, you see the tiny diminutive form of a floating fairy with a small wooden sword scowling at you. I say, whoa! The little form looks up at you, it's like, what the fuck are you looking at, you green bastard? I'm going to fucking shank you with this sword. You nearly immolated me, you cunt. <laughs> I didn't I'm, do that. I'm going to assume this is the person that fired the arrow at me. So I'd like to pull out the dick slapper and fucking swing. <laughs> 15 points of damage or some shit. This, this motherfucker's getting it. Okay, make, make me uh, the attack, bro. With the dick slapper too. I really feel like I should have an advantage, but hey. Oh, 15. 15. As you swing and hit, you hear a crunch. As you see the thing go <laughs> into the distance in between a pair of graves. Uh, how much damage did you do? Oh, yeah, shit. What's that? Uh, five. Five points of damage. You hear a buzzing in between the graveyards as all of you start making your way deeper into the graves. You peer in between a row of graves 
and you just see the slightly twisted, tiny form of a fairy on the floor as he's rolling around. You clearly realize at this point that he's quite drunk as um, the tiny little form of the angry fairy's like, oh, fuck me, you got me good and proper. Jesus Christ, I think you bent my wing out of shape, you cunt. Ah, has anyone got a drink? Seriously, look what you did to my canteen. As he turns his canteen upside down and there's a hole in it where Dick Slapper is smashed clean through his... How small about. is the canteen? Like, how small is this fairy? Is it like... You're not there. No, I'm just... Just, just, um, just, no, just to uh, maybe, maybe help tie these two narratives together, I'm going to say, oh, why don't you just drink some of that poison you hit me with, with that arrow? Listen, my friend of the cloth, I have no fucking idea who you are right now, but I'm sobering up quickly and I need a drink. So either give me a fucking drink or kill me, you cunt. Um... Oh man, there's there's too many options. I'm going to say, um, why did you hit me with this? I'll t- tell me why you hit me with the dart, and then I'll kill you. That feels that feels right. Listen, my friend, I've drunk a lot. As he looks down and picks up his broken sword, he uses fairy magic and fixes his sword. Walks up to you, sticks his sword up your nostril, and is like, "I haven't got a fucking clue what the fuck you're talking about, you wee gob." I'm going to go for the kiss now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to ask if he didn't hit me with the, the arrow, then who did? Right now I'm seeing 12 of you. I haven't got a fucking clue what's going on, but if you don't shut the fuck up, I'm going to call down all the might of the fairy people and we're going to haunt your ass. If you think the tooth fairy scary, you should see me, you twat. Now stop punching around in your robes and start giving me a drink. the back, Just in time to see the tiny, crushed, diminutive form of the fairy on the floor. So oh, when, great. As, as, as we were as 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 we got to the graveyard, um, I um, I'm I'm taking out the I'm already taking out the I mean I've already taken out the hip flask full of full of moonshine just to have a little drink myself. And um, as me and Theolian turn up, I'm like, and then uh, we thought we thought Nigel had eaten the children, but it turns out that he was just playing with them. <laughs> <laughs> Julian lets out a belly laugh. <laughs> That's a great story. Seriously, shut up. We are being stalked by a silent killer. Now is not the time for witty banter. <laughs> and then as we as we get to the graveyard, I just I just go, Hey, what's up, guys? We've met a, a drunken fairy of some kind. Oh, cool. I um I I I I look down at the fairy and I I hold out the flask of moonshine. You wanna you wanna take a toke? Boy, you don't need telling twice. As the fairy dives inside the canteen, and you look down into the canteen, and you just see the fairy doing like backstroke inside your canteen, drinking it up. Uh, uh, oh, that's uh, better. Seriously, I've got it to dry out. I tell you what, you might like. Have you got any felt water left? Nice, <laughs> <laughs> refreshing felt water. Mm. Tiny little fey head sticks out the top of the drinks flask and it's like, did I hear you talk about Feltwater? Who's got Feltwater? <laughs> I, if any of us has it, it's probably going to be me, right? <laughs> Enough of the foreplay. Have you got, have you got Feltwater or do you not have Feltwater? I'm tired of all this foreplay. I reach into, I reach into my bag and I pull out the, the flask of Feltwater and I just like, I hold the, you know, like when you try and pour from one glass into the other, I'm going to hold them both together so that you can jump from one into the other. <laughs> as he leaps into the other, he takes a swig of the felt water. As he's like, oh, God, that's mighty fire. 
and his heart just stops with the excitement of the pouch water and you see him just flat to the ground in a still twitchy form. Wow. What a, what a death. <laughs> so that's where we're going to leave this week's adventure. What time of day is it? It's, like it's coming towards morning, like 5am, something like that. The sun is just starting to rise. As you look down and you see the passed out alcoholic form of a fairy absolutely wazzed off his tits, slowly twitching on the floor, having a little alcoholic shake. As you look down, he just leans over and a tiny little bout of gnome vomit comes, and no, fairy vomit comes out of his mouth. Oh, I'm imagining like, like a massive word of vomit, like more than like a huge like animal on this like tiny mouth. And it's, and it's rainbow colored and sparkling. Theolian reaches down and just puts the gnome in the recovery position. Fairy! Better say than sorry. Not gnome, fairy. Sorry, fairy. Theolian reaches down and puts the fairy into the recovery position. I want to scoop up a little the fairy vomit into a little vial. That's a use of some kind. Taking a vial from your pocket and a spatula, you pick up some of the fairy sputum and put it into a little vial with a cork and a stopper. Taking a tiny scribe, you write fairy sputum on a little label and stick it to it and hide it somewhere up your wizard's sleeve. <laughs> that reminds me a lot of the scene in Ghostbusters where Vakeman stops to pick up some, like, years <laughs> like, on a bookshelf and puts it inside <laughs> a little petrol dish. Yes. Right, and that's where we're going to pause with a passed out drunken elf and you being stalked through the night by an unseen attacker.